The Women in Media podcast is proudly sponsored by Organic Traditions for spring 2024. Stay tuned for a special deal during this episode. I'm Sarah Burke, and this is the Women in Media podcast. My guest today is Rita Nasser, a program director and host at SiriusXM in New York City. And don't let her age fool you. While she's still in the beginning stages of her career, she demands respect where respect is due and works her tail off for it. Everyone would go talk to him. They wouldn't even acknowledge me until I was like, hi, I'm Rita. The next day I was moderating a panel and I went up on that stage and I was like, just remember when you treat people with disrespect, they remember. And five years from now, when that person is in a very high position, they're going to remember how you treated them. So I have been getting that respect it was definitely hard to overcome for a really long time. It's hard to like beg for that in a sense. Like you can't ask someone for, for respect. It's kind of funny how I first stumbled upon Rita because it wasn't through the company, it was on social media. It must have been World Radio Day or something like that. We had both put up posts using similar hashtags and I noticed her post in my feed. So Rita, I am certain we're going to have a lot in common based on what we both do at SiriusXM, but how did you get into radio? Yeah, so basically I started right when I graduated college. Uh, before that, before while I was in college, I was an intern. I uh, kind of worked my way up there. And it's just so crazy to think about that, like I'm where I am, thinking back of where I started. SiriusXM, I'm sure whether it's in Canada or the US, I think they have similarities in a sense of like, they really, really want to help home, like grow talent that's like homegrown. So they've been really amazing in that sense. So basically I started working there as an intern then got hired as a part-timer, kind of helped work on a bunch of different music channels at SiriusXM, got my hands wet and like everything, uh, which was really, really cool. I was really into pop music at first. So I was like, I was like, yeah, like I want to work for Hits One, which, which is where I interned. I, I interned for Hits One, which is like the top 40 channel. Going into there, I was like, yeah, that's, that's the only place I want to work. But I got so exposed to so many different genres that I ended up later in dance music, which is so crazy to think about. So uh, basically, long story short, I now program Pop 2K, which is the pop hits of the early 2000s. I program uh, BPM, which is today's dance hits. And then I also program Steve Aoki's Remix Radio, which plays uh, pop and dance remixes. And I'm also on the air on BPM Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And uh, I'm now just as of this past year, I'm on the air on Hits 1 on Sunday nights, 6 p.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Eastern. So it's interesting. Life kind of came full circle with like the Hits 1 thing. But yeah, just a yeah. little bit of everything. Very cool. So out of all the things that you do, because you program music, uh, you host shows, uh, what's your favorite? Oh, that's You know, it's such a hard question. And yeah. I feel like it kind of changes every day because there's definitely moments where like I'll be on the air and I'm like, I can't believe I do this. Or like I'll meet someone that's like, I, you know, like you make my day every single morning. And I'm like, I'm just like Me? sitting in my, like, yeah, I'm like, I'm just sitting in like a little studio. Or I'm just like sitting in my bedroom, just talking and just, you know, rambling about random things to think that like it actually makes a difference in someone's day. But as far as programming, just seeing like the trajectory of an artist and seeing how much their success can grow from just like radio airplay is just another level of like good feeling. So I don't know, it really does change every day, either, 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 or I would say, today maybe the programming aspect only because I'm still having a little bit of a high of some of the things that we've been working on recently but I'm sure if you ask me a few weeks from now I'll go back and forth so 
I really understand what you're saying about watching um, sort of an artist's success have something to do with something you had your hands in for programming. Mm -hmm. And I love that feeling more than anything. Uh, and, you know, it's a very rewarding feeling. I also wanted to ask you about, you know, getting into radio in the first place. Like you have all sorts of different experiences than I would have as a Pakistani woman. And you were telling me that, you know, you can speak almost fluent Pakistani. <laughs> Did you have any yeah. reservations getting into the industry, uh, knowing that you might have a different experience than others? Um, it's interesting because I grew up on Long Island, which is about 45 minutes away from New York City. And it is a predominantly white area. So I grew up feeling a little different where I grew up in a sense. So coming into the city and kind of like following these like dreams that I just started thinking about. I was like, I, you know, I came in and I like looked around me. I was like, wow, there's, there's a lot of different kinds of people here. I walked into this kind of like culture and I was like, this is interesting. So to be honest with you, I didn't really think about it in a sense. I kind of was like excited to be here and I was welcomed with open arms in a sense. I, I had a few conversations with people I worked with at the radio station that I first started at. And, uh, you know, he was just like excited to see like a young Pakistani girl come into this world. And he would like ask me questions about my background and it made me feel really welcome. And he was really hyping up the fact that there aren't a lot of me or any of me in this industry. So he was like, I'd love to see you succeed as what you are, not only as being Pakistani, but also being a woman. I love that. Yeah. And if you look around, you know, SiriusXM, both in Canada and the US, I think the company is very focused on diversity and inclusion, which makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Even getting to this point in a lot of the situations that have happened specifically in 2020 have led to these conversations be being taken more seriously than they would have before. For sure. For sure. um, are people on the American side of the company asking your input for diversity and inclusion and in, in those types of conversations? Yeah, I mean, it's been really awesome because we just recently were able to put together a uh, women only festival on BPM, which has never happened in the electronic dance world ever. So just so to be cool. able to do something like that and like because of all the conversations happening right now, because of, you know, like the other day it was International Women's Day and I've never seen this many people post about it ever, ever in my life. <laughs> it, it definitely, I feel like because of the conversations it has made a massive difference. And obviously with everything that has happened in 2020, I have seen the company talk to us about things and ask for our input in so many different ways. So it's really exciting to see changes happening, not even just within this company, just everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see where it does go moving forward. I don't know if this is just me having this experience, but someone wished me happy International Women's Day on a dating app this week. And I was like, oh, oh my, my God, God. <laughs> that's incredible. I, yeah, it's really interesting. I was getting like emails and they were like, hey, like, I just want to wish, I was like, this is becoming a big deal. So I think, you know, whether you're in Canada or the US, regardless of uh, the experience of where you're programming, there are definitely uh, certain things that all women would say they have in common when it comes to feeling empowered in their role. Um, whether it is, uh, you know, good management has come up in previous episodes or your childhood and the way that you were brought up. Um, what are those things that make you feel empowered on a day-to-day -day basis? I mean, I would 100% say my family. Um, you know, my family has always pushed me to do really like anything I want to do at the end of the day, wherever you go or wherever it takes you, just be a good person and always have good intentions while doing it. So, you know, whether I ended up in radio or I ended up in 
news or, you know, whether I became a doctor, whatever it was, especially because like in our culture, it's not very, this is not what people do. Like this is not what people go for. So I was very lucky to have a family that did support what I wanted to do in a sense. So I've always wanted to make them proud and I've always wanted to make them feel like, yeah, I am doing something different, but I want you guys to like go to bed and think like, okay, yeah, my, my daughter is not a doctor or she's not a lawyer, but she still is making me so proud in different ways. And I think it's really opened the eyes of not only them, but like other family members, family friends who just like never expected someone to go into this kind of field. So I think back to like the first uh, conversations I had with my family about getting into radio. And even as a white girl, I remember being like, (laughs) oh, they don't really think this is like a hundred percent a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know what it is? And I've learned this, like radio is not one of those things that are like the future is not set in stone for anyone. It all, it's very, very dependent on how hard you work and what you do. So like anyone who can enter as an intern, like there could be a room full of 10 interns and every single one of those interns can go in a different direction. So I think that's what's really hard for families and even friends to sometimes understand and be like, what is she doing? Like, why is she using this time and doing this when she could just literally go to school, get a degree and get a job? I feel that. Yeah, it's it's a more interesting and scenic route to maybe what we wanted to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone in your family have reservations when you when you mentioned that you wanted to get into radio? Oh, yeah. I mean, my dad was kind of like, what is like, what are you doing? Like, why don't you just like, I was going to school originally for dental hygiene. So like I was like <laughs> going to be cleaning teeth for the rest of my life and no disrespect to them, because honestly, like I would still do it right now if I was smart enough. But like I literally I went to school. I was starting to go to school for it. And I was like, this is very difficult. I'm like, I can't do this. I need to drop out. So um, I kind of had a thought while I was in college. I was like, let me try to do these like internships and get these experiences while I'm in school, because if I graduate and I don't really have like a path set up for me, then I definitely feel like my parents will have a few more reservations. But because I was in school and I was young, they kind of uh, push me to like do whatever I want in a sense. And then like, I was like, you know what, like, let me, let me handle all of this, like in undergrad. And then once I graduate, then like, maybe by that time, I'll kind of have like a job secured or like at least goals secured. Um, that way they can be like, okay, like she knows what she's doing. So that's kind of what happened. I had done two internships, uh, at big companies, one at Sirius XM and one at uh, CBS radio. So once they saw I had finished those, I got a part-time job at CBS radio. And then I co-founded my uh, school radio station. So that was a big deal for me too. So they kind of saw me in, in a way where they were like, okay, she's working really hard and she's really passionate about it. So let her do her thing. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I never thought I'd find someone in radio who also wanted to go into dental hygiene, but I, uh, I wanted to be a dentist when I was little. Are you kidding? No. Wait, that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Wait, that's amazing. So what made you change your mind? Oh man, I, I also have a similar story in that I tried something first that I wasn't really 100% on. I, I never went to school for dental hygiene, but in okay. grade two, they made us put a thing on like a board that was like, in the year 2020, I will be. And I wrote a dentist. Oh my God. Hilarious. Um, I always like, I loved going to the dentist. I still do. I do too. 
I love going to the dentist. I don't know the why. The other day, my dentist canceled my appointment, and I was like genuinely upset. I actually <laughs> enjoy. And it's funny because they always they always listen to Sirius XM, and I always tell them like, listen, I wanted to be a dentist. I could have been one of you. And they're like, they're like, listen, you're welcome to join the team anytime. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. But I, I also went. I went to um, journalism school. Um, at a, oh, okay. Yeah, program in Ottawa, like the capital city of Canada. Um, and it, yeah, it was like a a great program and it was really interesting, but also like not as stimulating as I wanted in the first year. So I found myself kind of bored with a couple things. And that's when I dropped Mm -hmm. out and just did an internship, just like what, exactly what you're saying at a Toronto radio station. And that's what really got my wheels. Yeah. Once, once you're in it, it's hard to leave. It's like an addiction. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. What's, uh, you know, the coolest project you've been a part of at Sirius XM so far? Oh my gosh. A, f- a few, a few really cool ones. The, some of the coolest stuff that I've worked on happened this past year. Uh, so we really took artists being home to our advantage. So it was really nice to be able to do something like this, but um, I'm actually going to name a few if that's okay. Yes, go for it. Go so for it. back in May, I saw a lot of people putting on virtual festivals and I was like, BPM has always partnered with a bunch of massive festivals and legitimately gone to the shows and broadcasted live. And I was like, obviously we can't do this right now. And people were bummed out because like Ultra was canceled, EDC was canceled. And it was just like, what are we going to do? And a lot of people rely on us to get those because they can't, one, they can't even either afford to go to these festivals or it's not near them. So they rely on us to bring those festivals to them. So I was like, what if we create our own festival? And my boss was like, okay, like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, honestly, like, let's go about this as if this is a real festival. Like when we host it, have background noise of like being in a crowd, like make it seem like we are legitimately broadcasting live at a festival. Uh, So I was like, for the first time ever, we can create our own lineup. So we obviously have a lot of research that backs up what artists do really well for us, what artists our listeners really, really like. So I was like, let's push to get those artists on this lineup and let's make something happen. And basically I, I think I asked, who did I ask first? I think I asked Marshmallow first. And once Marshmallow was in, I was like, oh, wow. right. I was like, okay, I just got Marshmallow. And I was like, all right, let me ask Tiesto, got Tiesto. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, okay, <laughs> I can really. And then I got Alesso and then I got Armin Van Buren and then I got Steve Aoki. And I was like, okay, this can be a really big deal. (laughs) I was like, I didn't expect like all of this to happen. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I ended up getting Calvin Harris. Like I was like, we are getting these massive, massive names that you usually typically don't see on a lineup all together because there is one headlining slot, you know, and like there's one headlining slot a night. So obviously you'll see big lineups, but it's usually like, okay, two or three big artists in one day, because you don't want to have like someone like Martin Garrix open up. It's just, it's just not how it works. It's just not how festivals really work. So in this case, we were able to do this because it didn't really matter what time the sets aired. Like we, we wanted to do like an A-list only festival. So it's kind of what we did. We got 36 artists and it was honestly the coolest thing ever. And to be honest with you, I learned so much because this was kind of like my first time dealing with just massive artists like these. It was my first time really dealing with PR. It was my first time dealing with marketing. And I learned so much doing it. And, and it was cool. I I came up with the name. It was called distance. Um, I love that social distance. Um, so yeah, it was just really, really cool. And 
throughout the time I was really stressed, but after seeing it come together and like seeing my vision that like, I, I literally wrote it down on a post-it note. I'm like, okay, like, let's make a, like a small festival happen. And it ended up just becoming the, one of the biggest things. And I remember uh, the vice president of our company doing um, just kind of like talking about some of the highlights of the year. And that was mentioned in it. And I was like, hell yeah, like, girl. Yeah. And he was like the biggest names in electronic music were involved in this. And I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. So it's just something that meant a lot to me. And once I got that going and once we kind of got through that, I was like, oh my gosh, we can keep doing this. A lot of these artists are home. So I'm like, they're not traveling. They're not, they, they never get downtime like this. So why not take advantage of it? Not only are we giving them exposure, but we're giving listeners like what they, what they pay for, for Sirius XM. We're giving them this in- exclusive content. So that kind of like set fuel to the fire. I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. So um, later on, I ended up doing another festival, but it was women only. It was called BPM Empowered. And that was another awesome one. You know, I reached out to people like Alice in Wonderland and Cruella and Toki Monster and um, Unique and just all these people that I've listened to for a really long time. And basically the way that idea came about is um, 1001 track listening. Uh, they did like a 1001 top producers list. And I saw that there were like no females on there. And I was like, this is, there's, you, you just listed a thousand and one top producers, but there is not one female on there. I'm like, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't on purpose. I just think it's something that people weren't aware of. And I'm like, I want to make them aware that there are a lot of women artists out here who are so good and so talented and they deserve, the thing is they just haven't had the platform to be able to get out there. So I'm like, you know what? Like, let me, let us Sirius XM, you know, we have over 37 million subscribers. Why don't we be the the platform that gives this to them? So that was just another idea I had. And I worked with my boss, Geronimo, and we made it happen. And it was just really so incredible. And it turned out to be like a lot more inspiring and just beautiful than I had expected. I was like, okay, this is going to be a really cool like weekend special but it ended up just turning into something so incredible. Like I'm getting opportunities like these where people are like, you know, you're, you're such a big representation in the dance as a woman in the dance music industry now. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's am so I? crazy. I'm like, I was like, am I? I was like, what? So it's, you know, I, it, I've been able to work on some really cool stuff. And now I'm really excited because we're working on uh, getting more women on the actual channel, getting more women to have mix shows on the channel. It's just, it's just something that like, wasn't the norm in dance electronic music. And we're like, let's make it the norm. Let's make it 50, 50 rather than 90, 10. I don't want it to be 90, 10 anymore. When you look at a lineup, you want it to be 50, 50. And this also brings up the conversation of people being like, I don't want to just be asked to do this because I'm a woman. No, like we wouldn't be asking you if you weren't good, you know? So I just want to like get that out there. Like, yeah, I couldn't pick up some lady who's DJing on the street, but like, (laughs) if she's not good, why would I put her on the air? So uh, that's definitely something that I always say. I'm like, listen, like you wouldn't be getting these opportunities if you weren't good. So like moving forward, I know a lot of companies and a lot of festivals are kind of doing these things to like make sure the playing field is even I never want artists to feel like they're less than they actually are because these massive festivals like ultra music festival like trust me yeah maybe they are going to be a little bit more conscious of being like let's get women let's get people of color but like just remember they would not be asking you if you weren't remotely good 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are two big things that I've worked on recently. And then another thing was I helped launch, uh, Steve Aoki's remix radio on Sirius XM. So that's, that's a very something. new channel. Yeah. For anyone very, who isn't familiar, when did you launch? Was that, it was, uh, February 3rd, February 3rd, 20. Yeah. So very, very recent. It just hit its month anniversary. Um, <laughs> so it's been in the works for over a year now. So it's just so amazing to see it come together. It basically started off with I had interviewed Steve Aoki at at the studios and we really just connected uh, interviewing, you know, he's a very like fun and just like a hyped up guy. And I had like a really deep conversation with him, which helped us connect in a way. And he kind of like like remembered that because he's so used to doing the like, all right, my favorite flavored cake when I throw it is chocolate. Like, it's like, that's a lot of the questions that people ask him because he is like that fun party guy. So in this situation, he actually came in to promote his book that was like a very, very deep and emotional biography. So I had read it and I talked to him about it and we just really connected and we kind of like became friends, which was really, really cool. And then a few days later, I was invited to an event that he was playing and I met with his manager and he was like, I really want a serious XM channel. I just, I don't really know what it would be. So we kind of had this conversation. I was like, yeah, like let's do remixes. He has his own show on BPM uh, called Steve Aoki's Remix Rewind. I was like, I think of him and I think of remixes and BPM, we play today's dance hits and remixes, but I was like, we can just transfer like all the mixes, the remixes to, to and that. There's an appetite for mix shows for sure. Like on, you know, if you get people on a weekend, then they're in a different headspace and they just want to, oh, yeah. yeah, they just want to, and, and it's all about familiarity too. Like if you hear a song that, you know, and you're like, Oh wow. Like I, I love this song, but Oh, it's a remix of it. Oh, I can dance to this. Okay. Awesome. And I could sing along to this. Like Perfect. So people have really been loving it. The feedback has been amazing. And it's been really cool to just work together from the inception of it and just kind of seeing like texting his manager and being like, what do you think of the name Steve Aoki's Remix Radio? He's like, all right, let's do it. And just the trajectory from there has just been really incredible. And it's only the beginning. And it's just been such an amazing journey. Well, congrats on all of that. That's huge. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about having relationships with artists. And I bring this up because, you know, I think in the past, um, I have definitely felt um, almost like put in a space where people may think I'm a groupie of a certain artist. But when you're just trying to work on something for a channel or for your programming, there's a clear goal in mind. I hate how some people make that assumption. Have you ever had that before? I've definitely seen it. And I've seen other people have those assumptions of other people. And I've, I've dealt with it in a sense of like, if I'm at a club or if I'm at a show, I've legitimately been pushed off the stage by security guards thinking that I'm there just to try to like get the perks of like the DJ. Meanwhile, yeah. like I'm legitimately like I'm working, you know, I'm yeah. like trying to, I'm trying to get content for social media or something like I'm, totally. I'm there. So yeah, in that sense, I have felt that way. Um, it's interesting because I, I actually wasn't a fan of dance music before I worked in it. So when I came into it, I didn't necessarily care to like speak to anyone which is it sounds like me in country yeah (laughs) yeah like I just didn't care for it so like I kind of went into it just really focusing on the work aspect of it but like as far as like the other stuff like I'm a massive Ariana Grande fan I'm 100% sure I would look like an absolute groupie if I were like come on we work in this world how much are we supposed to pretend that like we don't care like I can't I can't do that like I'll be professional 
everyone has a little bit of fangirl yeah. in them. And so, yeah. So as far as dance, when I got to go to all these festivals and stuff, I was like, it's cool to be around them. But I think I was able to make that relationship first and then become a fan of them, if that makes sense. Yes. Just because I wasn't originally in dance music. Yeah, totally makes sense. It's Sarah Burke here, the host of the Women in Media podcast and the founder of the Women in Media Network. Yep, now there's an entire network. I've been working really hard to get things off the ground. And what would I do without coffee? I can barely function without it. But I feel much better about putting a coffee that's full of superfoods in my body. I've been loving the Focus Fuel Instant Mushroom Coffee from Organic Traditions. And of course, all the ingredients are organic. It's packed with lion's mane mushroom to support memory, focus, and cognitive function, adaptogens to nourish your brain, and MCT powder to boost your energy and improve mental clarity. And before you make that face, no, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. Actually better than most. There are hints of cinnamon and vanilla, and it is absolutely delicious. Did I mention it also just won Best New Mushroom Enhanced Beverage in a 2024 Brand Spark survey? Want to try the Focus Fuel Mushroom Coffee yourself? Head to OrganicTraditions.com and use the promo code WOMENINMEDIA20 for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, that applies for the entire site, not just the coffee. You're welcome. Just add water and get at it. I think most of uh, my experience that I'm, I'm thinking about where someone may have labeled me in that way uh, was actually a woman now that I think. Really? Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I wonder if other people have that experience in the media sometimes, because especially at the time that it occurred, I was like, I don't think this person realizes that I'm like just putting my toe in country for the first time right now and yeah. don't even know who anyone is. Like I'm not trying to hang out with anyone. So. <laughs> yeah. And it gets, it gets fresh. I kind of feel that way in a sense of, I mean, if people think that about me I haven't heard it to my face yet but if they do it's it is what it is you know I get frustrated in a sense of people only see Instagram or people only see social media where it's like obviously I'm gonna post like the one minute I was able to like check out the set or obviously I'm gonna post that one second I was like hugging marshmallow rather than like I just spent like seven hours straight editing this stuff or like yeah so that's where my frustration kind of lies in a sense where I'm like, every time I see someone, your job is so fun. And I'm like, it is fun. And it has those perks, but like, there is like the perks and the fun is probably 5% of it. The 95% is true, 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 like hard work and dedication. And it gets really frustrating for me to have to like, keep explaining that to people. Yeah. It's like, you, you feel like you have to justify yeah, the, per- the yeah. perks I mean, of the job like, when you work so hard you work so hard and it's like, you know what? Like I've, I'm getting a lot better at it. I'm getting a lot better. Right. I don't let it get to me where I'm like, you know, step into my shoes for one day. Like, let's, let's see how, let's, let's see how it goes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get that for sure. Do you get a lot of people commenting on, on your age? Uh, like I, I wouldn't call it ageism necessarily because I think a lot of people know that you're successful based on what I can see. Um, and I don't know you at all, but, um, do, do you experience any ageism in the office being so young? Um, I did when I was younger and not necessarily at SiriusXM, but more so externally. Um, I've definitely seen that issue. And because a lot of radio people, and I'm sure you can agree to this, a lot of radio people are very old school and they live in the sense of like when radio was like the biggest thing in the world in the 70s and 80s. And 
I've seen people who are so in that mindset. So when someone new or younger comes in and has these new ideas, they're like, no, absolutely not. So I've definitely dealt with that before. And my boss is like a legend in, in radio. His name is Geronimo. He's just like so well-known in so many aspects. So like when I walk in somewhere with him, and this is more so externally, if I walk into an event or if we go to a festival, everyone just gravitates towards him. And I'm just standing there. Like I'm like either his assistant or like just this little girl who's like just helping, helping him out. And I've had that happen so many times. And I remember there was this one networking event I went to two years ago. It was in 2019, August of 2019. It was in Florida. And uh, there were so many people there. The hotel was just filled with a bunch of radio people. And I remember walking with him and the first day, not one person, especially when they were older, not one person came and talked to me. Everyone would go talk to him. They wouldn't even acknowledge me until I was like, hi, I'm Rita. Um, And I, the next day I was moderating a panel and I went up on that stage and I was like, just remember when you treat people with disrespect, they remember. And five years from now, when that person is in a very high position, they're going to remember how you treated them. So um, that really like opened a lot of people's eyes and I have been getting that respect. It was definitely hard to overcome for a really long time, uh, especially with the people that it's hard. It's hard to like beg for that in a sense. Like you can't ask someone for, for respect. You just have to, you yeah. have to be respectful and expect it in return, but it's definitely changed a bit since then, which has been really nice. And I, I'm good enough where like, I'll say something or like, I'll express it, but there's a lot of people that don't. And like, I, I want to like help make that change for the people that don't, because it's like, they deserve that respect too. Absolutely. And you know what? I think, I think you and I deal with a lot of the same things. Like my boss is an absolute legend in this industry as well. Very Mm -hmm. connected. Um, Mm -hmm. So I have definitely found myself in, in a similar situation and we have to remember at the end of the day, it's not our boss that this is directed at. It's the people and how people don't ask our name and it's up to us to reach out our hand and say, hi, I'm Sarah. Nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, we're in charge of our own legacy really is the way that I look at it. Yeah. So yeah, I I do. I do hope that changes in the future for, for, and it doesn't even have to be the music industry. I just hope that changes in the future because yeah, that person may be young or yeah, that person may be like fresh in the industry, but like you have no idea where that person can go. And especially if you treat them badly when they're younger and they're not exposed to a lot of things, they will remember you. There was one time recently, actually this happened. And I had like a moment of like, I was like just laughing to myself. So like three years ago, I had gone to Vegas for um, uh, EDC Vegas uh, broadcast. And earlier in the day, I believe the chain smokers were playing at one of the Vegas day clubs. So I went, I went like with my two coworkers and um, I was kind of doing my own thing. Like I wasn't, I had, I had work later on. So I was like, I'm just gonna, I just want to watch the chain smokers and whatever. So I was in the, I was in the back, like I was backstage and I was trying to get on the stage and there was this DJ and he was being so rude to me, like so rude to me. I can't even explain it. Like I was just some groupie trying to just like get her way in, get free drinks, whatever. And I was like, no, that's not the case. And he had a hat on that had his DJ name on it. And I was like, I remember seeing that DJ name and I was like, that guy, I was like, if that guy, I was like, one day that guy's going to regret treating me this way. And I'm not even joking. Two weeks ago, he followed me on Instagram and I was like, (laughs) 
oh my god I had this moment and I was like I remember you I was like I knew this was gonna happen one day and I was like just I was like not now like you're not gonna care right now this is a few years ago and I was like one day one day you will and I literally remember telling myself that just to make myself feel better for him treating me really poorly and I let me tell you how good it felt seeing him follow me on Instagram you play his music (laughs) on your channels too um no I haven't really heard any of his music and not that that Poor would man. ever <laughs> <laughs> honestly like not that it would ever make a difference like I would never like if he has good music I would never be like I'm not gonna play it because you treated me badly it's never ever ever personal but um it did it was like a kind of a good feeling being like oh now you care now when you send me your music like I can't wait to be like oh I actually did meet you in Vegas three years ago and then make you feel bad for a second and if your music's good then we'll we'll play it and we'll take it from there but. yeah at least at least you can recognize that you would never let yeah. something like that you know change your mind about uh, no no about for music. sure I mean that's but just not fair but even like a year ago or might have been a little over a year ago I was listening to um a female musician uh talk about a sound check and she was sound checking her instrument and they were like uh who's the singer in the band and she was like I am like the person sound checking because a lot of people make huge assumptions that women like wouldn't lead a band that women wouldn't lead a music department like it happens it happens it happens and it's day by day it's changing more and more and it's really exciting to see so what's the biggest lesson that you have learned in your career so far biggest lesson Ooh, this is hard (laughs) I mean I feel like it kind of bounces off of what I had just said, treating everyone with kindness is so important. And like, I've definitely had situations and like, I'm still learning from this where like, it can get really emotional and personal sometimes because things bleed over in a sense where it's like, okay, you're working. Okay. You're working a little bit later. Okay. You're traveling for work. Okay. Like, let me go to this event. Let me edit this. Let me do like things kind of mesh together a little bit. And a lot of FaceTime. A lot of having to be on all the time, a lot of networking. And sometimes it's really hard to not get, to not let it affect you to a point where it's like literally like eating you alive. And I've been learning to like really try to separate the two in a sense. So as far as like the biggest lesson, I would probably say one, don't let your emotions get the best of you sometimes. And also just like, even when they do, or even if someone makes you really angry, take a breather, don't react. And I've had that problem many times where I've just reacted and then I regret it later. And I'm like, I wish I didn't do that because I would have handled this in a completely different, different manner. So I'm really, I'm working on it where I'm like, it's better off that I just don't answer right now. It's better off that I don't react right now because it's just, it's going to end badly for everyone. But you know what, this brings up something. I I feel like you just did a live with an artist on Instagram in the last week and you were talking about female emotions and, you know, we have a different physiology. We care differently than a man would. And, you know, sometimes things hit us in a different way. I think that's the only way to say it. Recognizing that you need to take a breather, right. Is, is huge. And I also think, you know, women don't like sometimes admitting that they're wrong, only because, you know, there's so much emotion attached to it. And understandably, I feel the same. I've done a lot of reflecting on my career lately and, and thinking about where I can say, listen, I'm sorry about how I handled that. I think that makes women bosses in their own sense yeah, for when they're self-aware. 100%. And listen, I'm not trying to say that, like, I will never stop being upset about something. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, if something happens, yeah, go ahead, go cry, take your moment, go, go let those emotions out, go 
go speak to someone about it, but just to react angrily while you're very emotional, that's something I I've had to work on because I am an emotional person and I will always be an emotional person. Um, I think me being an emotional person is where my passion comes from. And I've told people this, like I've had people tell me like, you're a little bit too emotional. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't think I'd be where I am today if I wasn't emotional. So separating, I've definitely learned to separate the two where like, yeah, like if something happens, like literally something happened yesterday morning and I cried for like 20 minutes, but like, I didn't tell anyone. I, I went to my room, I cried and I was like, let me take a breather. It let an hour or two pass and let me think about everything that happened and just let me do that. Whereas like two years ago, I probably would have sent like an angry email right there because I was really upset. So I think there's, it's been a big thing for me to be able to separate the two. And good on you. Um, okay. So let's talk about who made you want to get into uh, the business. Is there a radio host or a TV personality growing up that you like remember? No, no. So it's actually a really funny story. Um, I got into radio because I won a contest at ah. uh, a radio station. Yeah. So I was, I was in school. I was a sophomore in college and I was driving and it was like, it was and flossing at, by the sounds of it. It was, yeah, it was, um, uh, 92.3, it was CBS radio. And they, I was just literally driving to the, to, to school and they were like, retweet this tweet if you want to meet Selena Gomez. And I was like, all right. I was at a red light. I retweeted it and I ended up winning the contest. And I just went in and I was like, wow, I was like, this is so cool. And I, I had just changed to communications as a major because I was like, obviously this dentistry thing isn't working. Uh, and then I just like walked in and I was like, wow, I was like, this is amazing. I was like, this is so, once I just saw the atmosphere, I saw people around my age working there. Like, I'm like, you get to hang with celebrities all day. I'm like, you get to like, you're working in, and it's like a fast paced environment too. By the time I was working at a restaurant as a server. So I was very used to working in a fast paced environment, but this was like another level of fast paced where I'm like, you were live on the air. Like you were getting this done. Like I just saw everything happening because I had connected with the producer. So I was like, Hey, I was like, can I have an internship? And they were like, you have no experience in radio. And I was like, yeah, but isn't that what internships are for? They're like, yeah, but like in the number one market in the world, uh, probably not. And I was like, so oh, yeah, good do? point. And New York is like the cream. Yeah. Of the pro- I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, they were like, why don't you join your school radio station or uh, work on Long Island or something where it's like market number 32 or something. I was like, okay. I was like, damn. I was like, I really wanted to do this. And I was really persistent on asking like why things went wrong. I was like, please. I was like, I can learn it. Like I was like really persistent. And then someone had dropped out like last minute and they were like, all right, let's just go for this girl, Rita. Like, let's just take a, take a shot. Let's take her in. If you know, she sucks, she sucks. Like that's it. It at least is just an internship. So uh, yeah, I went in there, learned everything. I worked my butt off and, uh, that's kind of where my passion started. And I worked for the morning show, which was like an amazing morning show. And, uh, they were just so amazing in so many ways. And that really, like that really helped build my, my dream in a sense. The show is called Ty Loves New York. Uh, his co-hosts were Lulu and Lala. They're twins. They're actually on KTU right now, uh, which is a, a station in New York city. And, yeah, so they were on the morning show and the associate producer, his name was Brian and uh, the executive producer, his name was Jason. Uh, they, I worked with the five of them and they were just so incredible. Like they, they answered every question. They were really, really patient. Brian literally taught me everything I know. Like I still, I texted him yesterday. Like he's, he's like not only been a mentor for me in, in work, but also like in life. 
And it's just so amazing to see where that kind of came about. And, you know, they, like Brian would always tell me, like, I see this like passion in you. And he's like, even though you know nothing about radio, there's like some kind of passion. He's like, where is this passion coming from? Like, what is this? I'm like, I don't know. It's like, I was like, I'm really passionate about the things that like I love, or I can see like a potential in. And for some reason, I just see a really big potential for me. He really always believed in me and really always helped me. And I was like, yeah, I like doing the behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, I can never be on the air. And I remember talking, having a conversation with Ty being like, yeah, I can never be on the air. He's like, why? And I was like, I don't have a voice for it. I was like, I have, I was like, I like, I have a squeaky voice. And he was like, no one cares about the voice. Like people only care about the personality. It's an on-air personality. Like he's like, and trust me, like I've worked with you. Like you have the personality to be on the air. And I was like, oh my God. And that changed everything for me where I was like, okay. I was like, maybe I just won't be like an assistant in the background. I was like, maybe I could do the on-air stuff as well. So I kind of do both because I fell in love with both. Yeah, we're both so similar. Like I, I've been very stuck between on-air and programming my entire oh, really? career, always one. But now you get to do both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the amazing part of SiriusXM, where you know you can kind of dip your toes and everything and see like where where it really takes you. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you, whether it's Brian or somebody else um, in the industry? The best piece, I mean, that tie thing I had just mentioned, basically him saying like, it's not about your voice, it's about your personality. And he basically told me like, like you're going to shine in whatever you do if you just stay true to who you are and just keep being yourself. And I think that was really important for me because when I have friends who see like the way I am at work, the, the way I dress or like the things I say, I'm very just, I'm myself 100%. The, the way you see me at work is who I will be at home or the who I will be with my friends. And I think that was just really important for me to know, knowing that like, I do have like a big personality and it's okay to show it no matter where you go. And uh, Ty was really big in that, Ty and Brian as well. Like they were all really, really big in telling me like, like don't hide never, you. Yeah. Don't hide you. Never change who you are. And like, it's true. I've never, I've never changed who I, who, who I am, especially like start. I, I used to, when I was younger, I definitely would try to change who I am to try to fit in. But as I got older, I was like, you know, like it's, it's okay to be, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be this like fun personality. Not everyone's going to like you. Some people will love you. Some people will hate you. And it is what it is. So I, that's always kind of stuck with me in a way. Okay. What about the best piece of advice you would give your younger self? I would definitely say don't, don't give up or don't let other people bring you down because I've had a lot of situations where I just, other people have, have made me upset for, for whatever reason, whether it's like, whether it's like they wanted to do what I wanted to do, or just like specific situations where I've let what other people thought of me or what other people said about me really, really affect my work. And I wish I didn't allow that to, to get to me in so many ways. And I wish like I could tell my younger self now, like that stuff isn't going to matter a few years from now. Like the people that have made you upset won't be wherever your end goal is. Right. So like these people that have like affected you in so many ways, like they're, let them steer clear of like your, your, your tunnel, like your lane, like they're in their own lane, you be in your own lane. And that took me a really, really long time to understand. And I wish I can like go back and tell myself, like, do not let this person or what they said about you just bother you. Like they're, it's not going to matter in a few years. So 
what's happening at the end of uh, each episode is a, a really lovely community building sort of conversation where I want you to tell me about three women I need to have on this podcast okay. um, in the future. So number one, her name is Krista Carnegie. She works for the Shalizi group. She manages Marshmallow and a bunch of other, uh, a bunch of other artists in that group. Uh, Alesso, Jaws, just a bunch of fire, fire artists. Uh, and she's been someone I've looked up to for a really, really long time. And when I came into these, the industry, like I literally would see her at festivals or at shows just working her butt off. And I've just kind of seen her grow in so many ways. And one of the coolest, most badass women I have ever like had the pleasure of working with. And like all the work that she's really put in to get to get to where she is, where she is today is just really incredible. So she's being a manager is not easy. Oh my God. Yeah, for sure. And like, she does it like she makes it look easy, which I think is like the best thing that a person can do. So uh, I would definitely say she's, she's one of the people that you should 100% speak to. And then another person is, um, her name is Ayelet Schiffman. She works at Island Records. She is just like this badass mom. Like she is so well-respected in this industry. I cannot even explain it. And I remember meeting her and being like, wow, I'm actually meeting with like a woman who's in a higher up position at a, at a massive record label. So she's so cool. And I look at her and I'm like, I hope in a few years, like that's what people think of me. Like the way I look at her, I want people to look at me like I that. And that. I tell her all the time, I'm like, you are one of like my biggest role models. So she's, she's awesome. And I know she would have such incredible stories to talk about. Okay. And one more. Um, my, this is, she's one of my best friends. Her name is Brittany Hicks. So she currently works for Visionary Records. Uh, she has done so much in the music industry and she's my age. She's 20, she's a year younger than me. She's 26. Uh, she has so much passion and so much drive. She's just one of those people that I always look up to and I always go to for advice, whether it's work or whether it's in my personal life. And, and so before Visionary, she worked at RCA as well. So she definitely has her experience. And actually, I'm going to add one more. Um, her name is Vanessa Mojica. She works at Sirius XM. She's like a vice president of operations. She's like so high up. She just got promoted recently. She's one of the most incredible women I've ever worked with. So basically she's the one who hired me at Sirius XM to begin with. And she's always kind of been my go-to and just the way she handles everything with so much like grace is so impressive to me. Like she has a family that she takes care of, but when she's at work, she's always like 110% in no matter what she does. And like, she's one of those people that's so reliable, so organized and just, uh, I don't know how she does it. And I ask her all the time, like, I, how do you do it? I'm like, how do you do it? She's been one of those women who seeing just her growth at this company, just in the last few years, I've been there knowing that she's worked at SiriusXM, I believe since she was 19 years old. Oh is just man. So incredible to see. So she, you can tell like hard work really, really has paid off for her. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know it's like, who's this Canadian girl from the- No, you're awesome. I love this. And I, and I hope that we can actually meet in person one day and- Yeah. Well, I mean, when we're not in a pandemic, I'm usually down at the New York office like once a year at least. Oh, okay. Awesome. No, we'll definitely do something in person soon. Hopefully I'll bring you to a dance show. It'll be really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bring you to a country show. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I used to work at Texas Roadhouse actually. So I can, I have a little bit of country and we can line dance a little bit. It was really cool hearing about all the special projects that you've launched in the last year. And on top of that, getting to know someone who works in the American side of the company. Thank you so much. And this was just so awesome and I hope we get to chat more soon. 
I still can't believe someone else in radio thought they'd also pursue dentistry. Rita and I had far too much in common. So we're three episodes in for the Women in Media podcast, and hopefully by now you're getting a a little bit of a sense of what type of conversations I'm looking to have in this space. Uh, If you think you know someone who I should have on the podcast, by all means, you can send me a note at womeninmediapod at gmail.com. And of course, you can always get a hold of me on socials at womeninmediapod or at Talks. On the next episode of the Women in Media podcast, I will be chatting with a Canadian television personality who is living in L.A. And that's all I'm going to say for now. If you liked what you heard today, please like, follow, and subscribe, and that way you'll know when the new episode is out. Until then, I'm Sarah Burke, and thank you so much for listening. I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. We're now podcasters. And why did we call it that? Well, you know us as decorators, but we've got lots more to share. We want to talk about travel and relationships. We're going to have amazing guests on. Guests who inspire us for sure. We'll probably talk about design too. And of course, Tommy, don't forget about food. Oh my gosh, how did I forget about food? So please follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as they say, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll pop right up when we have a new episode. Where's us luck? This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.